The Scottish Highlands, two schoolgirls at Blacksmith. Like, sure. Likely story. Jesus Christ, Doc, you disintegrated Einstein. Disintegrated Einstein. Einstein. Welcome to Science at the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of science in some of our best loved and most hated movies. I'm Abby. I'm Frida, and this week's episode is Battleships, starring Rihanna. I have to say it like that. I yeah. feel like I'm robbing I feel something. like no one will know what you're talking about if you say Battleship. You have to say starring Rihanna, because it's the only way anyone knows what the fuck this movie is. <laughs> but first... But first, yes. Abby, good evening. Good evening. What's going on in your life? Anything to report to the group? Oh, my science news this week. I've got a sad science news this week. Well, it's not sad, but it's just something. And I was thinking about like whether to just talk to you about it or whether to bring it up on the pod. And I was like, well, we're talking about our science world and, and how it affects us in our little kind of intros. And uh, I had a thing. So I work in a place where everyone <laughs> is a man. Pretty much, other than me. And I'm just surrounded by men all day. Like, that's it. It's just men everywhere. It's men, 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 men. And that's fine. But something happened last week where I was asking a question, and I'm the only PhD, and I was asking a question to postdocs. And we were having a conversation, and I was like, oh, you know, what's... uh, I brought up a thing. I'm not going to give too much detail here, but basically we had a conversation where I was trying to question things And there was a moment at the end of the conversation where for the first time in my academic career, I fully and completely felt like a woman in physics. Because at the end of it, there was a moment where there was a an eye roll to each other, like a side eye glance, a little eye roll, a little smirk under the masks and a snigger. And and then it was like, will we go? And and I and they left and I was left sitting there going, oh, OK, this is what it is, because in that moment, I very, very fully and completely like I was asking completely reasonable questions. And I was like, you've literally just made out like I'm a ridiculous person. Do you know, it was just such a weird thing for me. And I remember sitting there and feeling very emotional about it. But then. There was nobody else in the office except for one other senior postdoc from a different research group. And he turned around to me immediately and just went, are you okay? And that's when I knew. I was like, no, something fucking happened there that was like something happened. So that wasn't in my imagination. Something happened. I'm so sorry. It really is hard. It's fucking hard. Yeah. It really is. It's for it's for real. I mean, it's not made up. Why would it be made up? But these things happen all the time. I'm so... Yeah. Yeah, it's not... You're never making it... Like, you're never making it up, man. I just... It really did. It really hit me this week where I was just like, I'm very alone. Like, I'm very alone. There's people that obviously have my back and support and there's people I can talk to and there's all these things in place and everything but it doesn't matter at the end of the day I'm sitting there every day just feeling like I'm I'm alone in this because there's 
so few people in my vicinity that that get what this feels like yeah and that's why you need that external validation that you can get by going outside of the system you know into places yeah. like this or into other places to get that external validation for people to be like yeah yeah you know because you exactly. don't get it on the inside exactly you don't get it on the inside yeah you you kind of want to just get out there and just go like look at all this cool shit and and i want mm. you to be enthusiastic about it and I want you to be enthusiastic about it coming from me as a woman because sometimes mm -hmm. at work even when i'm enthusiastic about it you just get shot down yeah there's so many things i look back like when i look back at you know my career up until now that i'm like shit that was amazing why at the time did i not feel like it was amazing or feel like i was great or feel like that i was special yeah. i never ever felt or even just like never felt smart clever like i belonged like i was supposed to be there ever and allow myself to feel that way and only looking back i'm like fuck yeah 20 year old frida oh do you know what bragging rights anyone out there if you're a woman in science if you're listening to us right now and you're a woman in science and you've got some shit that, that is cool and you think that like you don't get to be overly vocal about it send it in to us i will fucking bragging rights for you each episode i will brag up i will okay yeah come on send it in <laughs> maybe we're gonna have to start a new thing and it's frida and abby talking about women in science isn't that what i feel like we do it a lot yeah <laughs> i we did that episode on um probably the beginning of the end of my relationship but we did the episode on twister and we got all talking about the women in the movies oh yeah 90s post-feminism everyone in the 90s was like well that's it feminism's over yeah. everything's accomplished <laughs> men and we women are now equal we fixed it <laughs> now we can make these movies you know and we just went nuts over it and my partner was like you spent the whole thing talking about women and there's a lot of cool science in that. I just think you should talk more about science. And I was like, you, how fucking dare you? And he like never listened to it again. And oh that is the God. only, because he was like, well, you're just going to criticize. You're just going to get jumped down my throat. So uh, he's not listening to this. So I'm cool saying that. No dramas at all. Um, all right. Fucking let's can't avoid it anymore. All right, then. Battleships. <laughs> All right. Am I doing a summary? Yeah. Battleships. It's battleship, okay. right? <laughs> but I like saying okay, battleships. So say battleship. whatever way you want. <laughs> Wet ships. Wet alien ships. <laughs> Wet ships. All right. Go. Here we go again. It's two brothers. The Navy. Giant space lasers, Japanese spies, alien and matter force fields. This time with Rihanna. <laughs> yes. How many of our joke movies, by the way, are two brothers? Just side point. I know. Yeah, I, know. I just also yeah. like how many people are actually getting that reference. <laughs> I do oh, it lots. just for you. <laughs> it's cultural. Okay, fine. Yes, it's two brothers, and one of them has a bad feeling about all of this. Something he says when aliens blow the side off a ship to save another alien. <laughs> what kind What kind of a bad feeling, says his friend, <laughs> Meth Damon. And I'll tell you what kind of a bad feeling. <laughs> boring nerds. Nerds, boring. 
blast a message at one particular planet, right? And they respond, get ready, with force, <laughs> but only boat force, which is great mm -hmm. because all our heroes are in the Navy and there's a giant force-filled bubble around them all, closing them off from the world. Remember how I said it was all ships? This is great because they can play Battleship because this movie is based on the game Battleship. Remember that game that you played and you thought, damn, this should really be a movie. And they actually do play Battleship in the movie. Battleship, the movie, is the sound of inevitability. <laughs> Starring Rihanna and also Brooklyn Decker, the Sports Illustrated model who goes on maybe the longest PT session in the history of the universe. Anyway, Peter Berg, Fever Dream. Battleships. Um, yeah, so that's Battleship. I guess before I ask you what you thought of it, I would just like to lay down this quote from Peter Berg. Just, just to level the playing field. I just want Battleship to be a fun global movie. I want people to see it, have a good time, and not worry about their lives for two hours. I mean... That's... Well, I just want to say, like, I'm just going to lay that down, okay, and say, Abby, tell me your thoughts, initial thoughts I on did... Battleships. Battleship! Battleships. I, I, just, I didn't worry I just... about my life for two hours, if that helps. <laughs> um, okay, so it pixels, but no flashy graphics, and it didn't have Peter Dinklage or Josh Gad. <laughs> emoji the movie <laughs> with battleship <laughs> so oh it just oh, i have so many thoughts in so many different places and there's just like <laughs> it took so long to get to the point like that's what really fucking annoyed me it took so long to get to the point and then when it finally got to the battleship portion of the movie <laughs> battleship the sequence lasted like three minutes there was no <laughs> development of the strategy there was no strategy at all introduced in a warfare movie there was no realization of the platforms generating the field and then if we take them out we can get help from the outside so like use the battleship strategy to take out the field and then let liam neeson come in and take on the remaining ships while they focus on the array it's not fucking hard there was no connection to the events and the people and it made no sense and i don't understand why they bothered <laughs> how did you feel it it was so like astonishingly stupid and and <laughs> i actually laughed out loud several times yeah. so in my view i'm like i was more engaged in this than a lot of movies i wasn't angry about it at all i was just like ah! like there was it was so amazingly stupid and when i say stupid i mean like not just stupid but there were things in it that made no sense like <laughs> physics defying things and i'm like so you just don't care about like physics like you don't give a shit i had the best time none of it made any sense no there were scenes in there that's the thing there were scenes like some of the scenes and just even cast members you're just like why are you there what was the point of this and when they finally got to the battleships in i was like they're playing battleships 
But I expected them to play more Battleship. That's my problem. I was like, why did you wait until like the end? And then you played it for a couple of minutes, took out all the ships, and then that was it? How about the pigs? The pegs. The pegs. It was pegs. The aliens yeah. were like, peg, 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 peg. <laughs> you know how many jokes yeah. I've seen? Peg the aliens, peg them, pegging, pegging them. All right. Let, let's, let's get into the structure of the thing because it's very tempting to just like do this the entire episode, but there are yeah. many opportunities okay. for us to rant about the stupidity of this movie so let's let's start let's have a little peter berg section uh also just to say when you look it up it might accidentally autocorrect to peter bergman which is a guy who mysteriously who died under mysterious circumstances in sligo and uh yeah so i got distracted for a while and then i checked who peter berg was (laughs) so yeah there you go um though you know that movie is 132 minutes which it has no fucking business being (laughs) Peter Berg, I cannot get enough of Peter Berg. I have to say that I, when I was researching Peter Berg he, and interviewing him, he's fucking crazy. That guy is fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he, his father was a naval historian, though, which is interesting. Oh. He's totally obsessed with ships. I don't know if you, I don't know if you picked up on that. <laughs> but can I just? There's an interview I, you can find with him, which is so crazy. And then I'm just going to – so there's an interview. It's like on YouTube. It's about Battleship and he's being interviewed by an Israeli journalist and he's just like talking about Israel to the guy and the guy's just staring at him being like, please stop. Like you can see his eyes begging Peter Berg, please stop talking about this. But this is Peter Berg, what he said. He's talking about the Iran nuclear armament. He's just talking about it, his feelings about it. And then he goes, it's the most serious issue facing our planet today, more so than the movie Battleship, which I'm excited to have directed. I love Rihanna, and she's a great actress, and she did a wonderful job in the movie. And my dad was a neighborhood historian. And were you in the Israeli army? The guy goes, no. He's like, what? How did you get out of that? Are you a draft dodger? How old are you? And the guy's like, 25. And he goes, you got to join the army, motherfucker. what that guy was just there doing an interview for the film battleship like he's like all today that's my day right there's there's like a level of times where you think like oh interviewers are inappropriate in dicks and there's sometimes where you just go like oh man you have to interview that guy i'm so sorry for you you gotta join the army motherfucker so that's peter berg all right cast let's go on to cast there's a lot of people in this movie so let's go through them bit by bit and if we have anything to say on them okay we'll have an opportunity to do so let's start with taylor kitsch taylor kitsch abby anything to say about taylor kitsch uh he's a cutie i think he did he did he did his best with what he was given (laughs) oh really i don't know (laughs) it's sometimes ish he did he did stuff with what he was given it was given a lot of stupid shit. I yeah. mean, that burrito scene in the beginning, I was like, eh? uh, <laughs> I just, The whole thing was ridiculous. Just the, It was ridiculous. So, it was trying uh, to be something, the type of a scene, and it was trying to be funny, and it was trying to be all this stuff, but it just didn't work whatsoever. It was just like, just no, you've done this wrong. It's fucking creepy and weird yeah. that she should be running away from the psycho guy who's being tasered in front of her. Yeah. 
Well, if you watch Cinema Sins, he'll tell you all the things that are wrong <gasps> with the scene, and it is fucking oh. hilarious. I laughed so much from that. All right, next. How did I not watch Cinema Sins Battleship? You have what is to. wrong with me? You have to. I meant to watch it before you have the recording. To. I'll watch, yeah, okay. And even like the Alexander Skarsgård scene where he was like, don't use your wish on that. And the guy's like, he thinks wishes are real. <laughs> don't use your wish on a girl. You get one wish. Don't use it on a girl. <laughs> like he's getting angry at his brother for using a wish. They're, they're like 30. All right, okay. next, Rihanna. Yeah. Rihanna was a cadet in the army, actually, for real. So I just want to say that. So how, what did you think about Rihanna? I liked her. Me too. I liked her. I thought she was great. She was strong. She was she was fantastic. Yeah. I have Mahala a thing. Mahala, motherfucker. No, I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it until later. Sorry. I have a thing, but I'm going to save okay. it until later. Okay. I Yeah, I just, I thought she was great. Yeah. And I felt bad for her. A lot of my a lot of my feelings with the cast are like, you deserved better. <laughs> Not Rihanna. I feel like this was her debut. I'm like, oh, it's good fun. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> she like... deserved better than to end up in a movie that made no sense. But, you know, it won't make a dent, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. In the rest of her life. Yeah, I think fine. she's doing okay. Yeah. Are you here? Do you know who did deserve? Do you know who deserved better? Alexander Skarsgård. Alexander Skarsgård deserved so much better. <laughs> <laughs> what did we think about Alexander Skarsgård? Uh, I mean, it, it's killed all the same, Skarsgård too early, or just shouldn't have killed it at all. Needed more of him and the brotherly love and growth in Hopper through his brother, not this bullshit weird thing they decided to do of like, oh, we'll just kill him like for no reason. It was stupid, mm. stupid. You had Skarsgård and you fucked it. I also didn't realize he was dead. Like it was unclear. <laughs> Well, it was unclear when the thing like blew up I, I was like it all was sort of happening people were like getting exploded and not being hurt as well like and so and remember remember when the glass the ship okay, got hit like we'll talk 20 pegs <laughs> 20 it was pegged it was um alexander skarsgård how about that but before like they cut to and suddenly he's like a naval third in command of a ship but and he was like in the ice bath which is just tropey and he was like we are doing something about all this. Okay, change of tactic. And then suddenly it's like, and now I'm in the Navy and I'm doing really well and my hair is short. It's just, yeah. that was amazing. It was like six years later, but they just didn't really make it clear that it was six years later. <laughs> blink and you miss it. And boy, I blinked a lot. Liam Neeson is next. I don't know. I mean, it's the same thing. It's the same thing yeah. as as Taylor Kitsch and Alexander Skarsgård. Is Liam Neeson? How did they? How did they yeah. get him? Is he someone's dad? Is he someone's <laughs> uncle? Why is he like? What? But also the uh, tropes. I can't. I, I'm trying to say uh, yeah. everything. Like, well, look. I was just like, how can you get Liam Neeson in a movie and then just have him hang out in the background and not save the day? Just what was he even there for? To be the dad. That was it. That's what he was there for. To have that stupid thing. No. There's nothing. And he didn't even save his daughter. All that Liam Neeson with a daughter. And it, and we didn't really get... <laughs> it wasn't enough. I took him a minute. All right, next. Do you know Rami Malek is in it for like yeah. one second? Yeah. I just There was like a moment I was just like, oh, Mr. Robot. <laughs> Mr. Robot. All right. Um, Brooklyn Decker... Whatever, uh, what do you want to say about her? She's 
She yeah. is beautiful. Okay, cool, fine. Um, Jesse Plemons. Do you know why Less. he's called Meth, Meth Damon? I don't know why he's called Meth Damon, no. He's called Meth Damon because he was in Breaking Bad. That was his big breakout role, was this Breaking Bad role. And so that's Meth. And he looks like a sort of working man's Matt Damon. And so he, he received the moniker Meth Damon. Do you know what's really weird? And I weird? think it's brilliant. I think you've told this story before. Have I? Have we had Jesse Plemons? Meth Damon. <laughs> I love Jesse Plemons. He's... Yeah. Great. He was... No, yeah, I think he's great. Yeah. He's the one that solves it. <laughs> hey, guys, I think uh, these just like sunshields. I think like it's just sunglasses. Ooh. I was standing here on the deck and putting this hat on, and I was like, hat on? Head off. Head on. Head <laughs> off. Damn. I think these are just sunglasses. Oh, God. <laughs> if we shoot the sun, sunglasses. Okay, next up, Adam Godley, who is the beginning guy who was the chief nerd <sighs> at the beginning. Dr. O'Grady. I just... What is that? What? That was his name, Dr. O'Grady. Oh, Dr. O'Grady. <laughs> Missed that. I just, the only thing I want to say about Adam Godley is that I just think as an actor, as like him as a person was born to play the role of a scientist and it needed more of him in the movie being a scientist. And it was just a waste. It was just another waste. It was like, look, he's perfect. Look at him. Total science (laughs) nerdy dude in the like sending the signals out and stuff. Look at him. Let him be a scientist. Why did you just, why bother having him in there at all? It was just a waste. Great point. All right, last uh, we have a bit of a, Peter McNichol is in this movie. Another waste. Another waste. You had Peter McNichol, you had a war room and you did, what was the point of those scenes? (laughs) (laughs) Nothing happened in those scenes. They didn't result in anything. All right, non-science stuff. Before we get into the science section, there's like obviously non-science stuff. And so I just had a comment about Hopper's character. Mm. And the comment was how it was that thing where everyone was like, you're real smart. You got skills. You got potential. (laughs) And that's how we knew the character had skills, was smart, and had potential. Because other than that, there was no way for us to know. So. Do you know what it was? It was Star Trek, right? The start, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek came out in 2009 and the whole thing was Kirk. It was all about how Kirk was a bit messed up because his dad had died and, and he was just a bit of a drinker and he was talented, mm. but he wasn't doing anything with his talent. Yes, we're seeing him after his improvement. Everyone's like, you are wasting away your potential. I'm like, wasn't that what he was doing six years before? Yeah. And he's still wasting his potential. I was like, right. It had to take his brother to die and aliens to come to the water for him to 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 show his worth. How was he third in command? To be fair, though, I do think as an actor, he did his job because by the end of the movie, I did like him. Any other non-science stuff? Put it here, please. If it isn't being covered, is there anything else? We're covering aliens later. 
Oh yeah. Or oh, there was that bit where uh, what is it? I think is it Jesse Plemons' character says, uh, "Is this part of the training exercise?" And you're like, "Really, really? This huge, giant, foreign-looking oh. thing in the ocean that's bigger than your ships, and you've never seen it before, and you're really going, is this part of the training exercise?" Actually, on that note, I wrote down things they think it is. <laughs> <laughs> things they think it is. It's the North Koreans. I'm telling oh, yeah. you. Number one. Number two. What is it? I don't know. Some lost cargo. And number three. What is this like? Some super secret Navy surprise exercise. <laughs> and that was things they think it is. Yeah. Oh, glorious. That's anyway, all I um, how about um. Uh, leave your car, block the path with your car. I will leave my car. It will not come into the movie later yeah. at all. I'll leave my car. There's so much stuff. There's so much shit. Taking a call during PT. She's like, hello. Like, did you talk to him? I'm just on a hike with a guy that has no legs. It's fine. <laughs> okay, let's get into themes. So I'm just going to be generous and say that the military is a theme in this movie mm. and I have a quote okay listen I have a quote I'll get I'll get my quote up any minute now so Peter Burke Peter Burke did Friday Night Lights is that a movie or is that the TV show uh, I didn't even bother looking it up show, I didn't care uh-huh. I think Taylor Kitsch was in it was he in the movie? Oh, is was that, he a kid in that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he said this. I don't think Peter Burke said this. I don't think we, we do enough to honor the men and women who have their legs blown off and their eyes ripped out and their skin burnt off. And then they come home and nobody wants to deal with it. In Friday Night Lights, we saw a kid get paralyzed while we were filming them playing football. And that got me very involved with a group that deals with young athletes who become paralyzed, which is similar to veterans in that these kids are heroes one minute when they're running around the fields, but the second they are in a wheelchair and have to urinate into a bag for the rest of their lives and they smell and they can't function, nobody really wants to look at them. This has never sat well with me. So to have the chance, like Battleship is intended to be a fun popcorn movie. Okay. It's not intended to be anything more than that. It's meant to be something that everyone can go to and have a good time. But the fact that I get to pay respect to something that's important to me, like injured soldiers and some of these old veterans who fought in World War II and really like some of the best men that our country has ever produced, that means a lot to me. Okay. 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 So, I mean, it's not a theme. It is a theme, like as in this movie doesn't have a theme. It's just total bullshit. But he knows it and he's not afraid to be like, this movie is total bullshit. But like if I have the chance to like insert a lot of shit that I care about, I will and I'm grateful. Okay, that's um, fair. Yeah, I, it is. It's a random I, mishmash of whatever, and he's just going. I'm just gonna fucking chuck this in. I'm gonna fucking chuck this in. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I respect that. Yeah. All right, let's get into the next 
uh, bit, which is our first section. All right, welcome to our section, Trope of the Week. It's Trope of the Week, Trope of the Week. It's Trope of the Week at uh, Science at the Movies. All right, Abby, I have Good to time. warn you. I have... I have four. One, two, three, four, five. Although I've already said lens flares and ice baths, so I would say about six. Okay, so let's start with give me one. Force fields. It's a force field. Force fields. Do you have force fields? Nope. And we're playing bingo. It's a miss. We, we should be playing no, bingo. we're playing battleship. It's a miss. <laughs> Miss. <laughs> All right, mine is next one is military riding at the bottom. I don't have that. I don't know what the word is. <clears throat> All um, right, what's another one from you? A stupid guy does something weird and creepy, and hot girl falls in love with him. Yeah, I can collapse that into two okay. tropes that I have here. One is the cool girl. Yeah, beer and chicken. She's like. <laughs> Can I have a beer and a chicken burrito? Like, okay. <laughs> um, and the other one I was going to say was um, regular guys in a bar. How it's like, nerds, science. And it's like, here are regular schmoes in a bar, not scientists. And here are the not scientists. Is ACDC like just the, the theme tune? for regular guys in bars is that is that it when we're changing it's always just we've got to get that little bit of acdc in there to know we're about to go to a hick bar with some regular dudes not science <laughs> the nerds are gonna do all the shit but here are the not nerds who the movie will be about and one day these nerds will earn themselves their own action movie okay give me another one uh I've, okay no i'm gonna wait I'm going to wait to rant about that one. So I'm just going to give you one more. Uh, This one is actually something that does really bother me because we've talked a bit about. So we've talked before about American exceptionalism in particularly in military movies. But this one is about it's the human exceptionalism. And I actually just find it so distasteful at this point in time. This idea that no matter what we're faced no matter what alien force comes no matter what technology they have no matter what we as humans can fight it we can defeat it we're so special and so unique and people don't have what humans have out there we're just the chosen ones it's just like amazing isn't it so amazing I just can't, I can't, I can't stomach it anymore because I'm like, okay, let's, let's have a look at, at what humanity is currently doing that's making it so mm. fucking amazing. Sorry. Also, you called them. Here they are. Yeah, exactly. You said hello. You called them. You said hi. <laughs> and here they are. That was my, that was my imitation of the transmission. <laughs> All right. I've got another one. Two brothers, climate change fantasy, where one is clearly from a different country. <laughs> You're Swedish. He's not Swedish. And on, <laughs> on that note, fake accents, because Liam Neeson's always like, you yeah you're so right. No matter what accent Liam Neeson is trying to do, as soon as he says you, it's just like nah that's 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 Irish niece in there for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I love it. I love fake oh, accents. Oh, it's so funny. Um, and the last one was, we've brought it up in many of these movies, but like Asian people running and screaming and fear. Oh, yeah. Oh, here's the bit. We're non-Americans. <laughs> and you yeah. know because their faces are different. It, it couldn't be Norway. Oh, there's Norwegian. <laughs> they're, they're so tall. <laughs> they're all running. It's the Netherlands. These tall, handsome people are all like, ah, my sauna was interrupted. <laughs> yeah. No, it has to be Hong Kong. And I just realized Peter Berg being like, a fun global movie. And, I, and when I and I even quoted that, I was like, what is a fun global movie? And then I was like, oh, people. Yeah, what's the global? Global. That's the global. For everyone. At least Geostorm gave us a whole fucking like actual scene. Saudi Arabia. <laughs> I'm frozen. It's the desert. <laughs> okay, let's get into science. Okay. I can't wait, actually, because there's fun shit. Science. The first science thing is all the fucking ships, man. That's just ships. Yes. So let's get into the ships. Turns out, Abby, one of my cl- closest friends is literally in the Navy. And he is, like, signed a contract. He actually, I can't say his name. And he can't be on the pod because there's clearance and issues. But he did help me with ships. Okay. And there's stuff going to come up. Oh, I think it's now. Here it is. Okay, great. So there are five ships in the movie. And some of them, three of them, have their own motto. Oh. Do you know ships have mottos? No. All right, there's the USS Ronald Reagan. It's an aircraft carrier. I'll explain it later. Then there's three destroyers. The USS Samson, whose motto is through courage and arms. There's the USS John Paul Jones, whose motto is in harm's way, motherfucker. I added the motherfucker. I was, was going like, to ask. Yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> and, the, and the JDS Miyoko which does not have a motto because Japanese people are like, mm. I added that's their motto. Um, so those are destroyers. And then we have the USS Missouri, whose motto is strength, but freedom. And they are real ships. Oh. They are actual ships that are fought in wars. Wow. Ships are a whole thing, Abby. They are <laughs> a whole thing. And I am going to take you through a bit of a guided tour about what is the difference between all these ships. Okay. Starting with aircraft carriers. Have you ever seen an aircraft carrier like a museum? No. I have. The Intrepid. I've been to Manhattan and I took Raf and we went to the Intrepid and it's so cool. Those things are so big and they actually carry aircraft I just think they are cool. So the USS Ronald Reagan was commissioned in 2003 and it is over 300 meters long and it's a Nimitz class aircraft carrier, which was a class of 10 nuclear powered aircraft carriers. And because they're powered on nuclear power, they can operate for over 20 years without needing to refuel. Damn. And so USS Ronald Reagan has been involved in many recent conflicts, including conflicts in Iran, Iraq, and Afghanistan. 
okay. and they also carry short-range defensive missile weaponry. But mainly, they're for launching and carrying aircraft in the, from the b- middle of the water. Um, and I love them. I love aircraft carriers. I think they're cool. So any anything you feel about aircraft carriers? Uh, not particularly. I can imagine it would be enormous. I think I'd probably feel like really overwhelmed if I was on one. Because I'd just be like, yeah. everything's so big. Yeah, it's like you forget you're on a ship. Mm-hmm. Um. Cool. The next kind of ship is the destroyer. There are three destroyers in this movie, John Paul Jones, Samson, and Miyoko. So um, they are guided missile destroyers. That's the class that they're from. DDG are guided missile destroyers. So they're over 150 meters in length. So half the length of the aircraft carriers, just to give you some context. They are much more heavily armed than previous classes of guided missile cruisers so the john paul jones carries over 19 missiles and it was built around a weapon system called the agen combat system and a radar system called spy 1d and the miyoko the japanese one is one of the only destroyers or ships outside of the u.s navy that has the same weapon system just oh. by the way. <clears throat> um, so, you know, that could be why they were training together. Um, but I did ask my Navy friend about that. And he said he's done training exercises with the Japanese before. Okay. So um, that is a thing. It's so interesting because like when you think about it, and there was things in the movie for sure as well, where I was just like going, it's a ship. Like, <laughs> it's a ship. How can it? Like, it's how can it take on that alien fucker? What? <laughs> but I suppose they do have quite a lot of firepower and, and yeah, still being used today. Because I guess we don't really think too much now about, like, what, what warfare was like before with armadas and things like that. You know, when you would have, like, fleets of ships and they were blocking the water and there was all that kind of stuff and the cannonballs and everything. But just now we have so much things on land that can do a lot of damage. My brain just says, like, but why does the thing in water matter? <laughs> hey, sh- ships are not silly. There's a lot of ships. Well, they have like because you have air air warfare and you have to have the ships on the thing because they have anti-aircraft warfare. And then there's submarines. I have a friend, Lachlan. Shout out to Lachlan. He's totally obsessed with submarines. At any point, he like knows as much about submarines than anybody and he reckons like knowing where the submarines are is a way to predict like what's going to happen but 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 guided missiles i just want to say there is a thing in the movie where they shoot the air yeah to trick and that is real that is what my friend told me is that with guided missiles smart missiles you shoot the air around the ship in the hope in the hope you're like i hope this will work but you trick the guided missiles so when they're like, man, we don't have enough stuff, they're going to shoot us. They were like, wait a minute, I've got an idea. Shoot in the water next to the ship. And it like tricks the aliens into firing elsewhere. Oh, That's okay. a real technique. That's okay, just what yeah. I just want to say. Uh, all right. Now let's and, – and what does it run on also is that the Samson – I couldn't find all of them, but I assume it's the same, but Samson runs on gas turbines. So it's okay. gas. And we had nuclear, now we had gas turbines, and now we have the USS Missouri, 
which is a battleship of the Iowa class. That was a class of battleships. So we have the aircraft carrier, nuclear powered. The destroyer, gas powered. The Missouri is steam powered. <gasps> this is the old it one is, then with the old The fellers. old one, yes. <gasps> oh it God. fought in World War Two. It fought in Korea. Wow. It is over 250 meters long. Damn. So remember how I said 300 meters long? Yeah. And then I was like 150 meters long. This bad boy, girl, I'm sorry. I just spoke about ships for ages and didn't say she once. I'm sorry. I want to re-record everything, but I won't. She is over 250 meters Our long, bro. She's. She is powered. She. What? Is this a thing? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know this. Yeah. She is powered by steam turbines using steam provided by boilers. Now. Let's talk about her weapons, okay? Now, listen to this. I just said smart missiles can be tricked, right? Yeah. Now, this one doesn't have any trickable missiles. It has the kind of weapons that the opposition is like. She has the kind of weapons that the opposition is like. I got nothing. There's nothing I can do about this. They're called main guns and this sort of old ship was very successful with the simple strategy of main guns which the navy people referred to as throwing rocks now main guns are very annoying for the enemy because there's no countermeasures you can use against them like you can with smart missiles they are dumb rocks coming at you fast there's a lot of kinetic energy in those dumb rocks and when the uss missouri fires at you all you can do is stand there and say fuck which is all you have time to do and you should youtube the uss missouri firing its main guns it is fucking crazy it's just like wow it's like just rocks firing with enormous speed um so why yeah why isn't it used then like why upgrade is it just like loading rates and things like that or or repetition ammunition um uh well yeah High tech, eventually that class of ships was decommissioned. And in response to the being decommissioned, the Navy was like, we've got to build ourselves some new ships. And they should use all the technology and use um, the uh, um, anti-ballistics technology and the radar technology. And it's about like using as much technology and updating with the smart um, anti-warfare okay. technology and all that kind of thing. But eventually, these class of ships was decommissioned and, and you know, I guess these tactics sort of changed. Yeah. But there is something special about those old ships. They were motherfuckers. Yeah. You see? <laughs> they fought, you know, in Normandy. Like, that ship uh, did a lot of shit. So, that is my ship bit that's ships how what's your feelings about <laughs> ships i'm just really enjoying you saying ships a lot for some reason ships um <laughs> uh, yeah no i think that's really cool i was i was really curious about just the difference between because like, they made it's such a big deal but at the same time i was like i don't understand <laughs> Now there's like, they're having to do things in a different way, but I never really understood what this different way was. I just knew it was different and old. 
That's what they told me. Different and old. <laughs> More analog. <laughs> Main question is those old people, right? So yeah. they are just volunteers in the museum? Is that the thing? All of them? Oh. They just keep the ship? I- I'm asking yeah. you. Like when it cuts to and they were like, it was like Eurovision. They, and they look like they were entering into Eurovision <laughs> on a ship. Like that's how camp it looked. They were all just posed yes. with looks on their face. Oh my God, it was hilarious. So they just keep it up. And of course, the museum ship has nuclear weapon. Uh, sorry, nuclear weapons. It has weaponry, mm. has ammo, yeah. and convenient still boilers yeah. operating a museum. Okay. I don't see a problem with this, Frida. <laughs> okay. I see no problem. <laughs> You're a trash. Old people posed it even distances from each other around the entire ship. Yep. Just standing there. Don't do anything. Just, just, just stand there. there and stare. Just, just stare out just at the expanse. <laughs> but you each have to have a turn with the camera zooming in clunkily and you're like, yeah, it's me. And then the next guy's like, uh-huh. And the next guy's like, we're on our ship. And the next guy's like, we can take him. And they're all like doing their look and like pointing and being like, mm-hmm, it's us. <laughs> Oh my god! You betcha. We've been waiting. We're devolving. Get on board. We're devolving. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Next section is um, quickly. I just wanted to make fun of the Zoom calls when they were like NASA's on the phone, and then it's like NASA's just like. Ugh. <laughs> that that one moment NASA turned up and then left. Yeah, and then it's like we should get the Air Force. The Air Force is already here. Air Force, and they're all just like staring and like crossing their arms. And then none of them did absolutely fucking anything for the whole rest of the movie. (laughs) All right, next. (laughs) Sorry. Let's talk about the scientists. All right, then we have really one scientist, Carl Zapata, and his (sighs) spectrum analyzer. Do you know what that was for? It's like, I mean, the thing is, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's a normal thing. Spectrum analyzer is not a weird thing in, in a science lab. Like, that's not a weird thing to say. You know, it's basically, I'm, I'm assuming it's basically just like a form of spectroscopy of some, that like, that's fine. And I know you said that like the shield was like some sort of electromagnetic field. So it's like, okay, so you're trying to look for gaps in it or something, but I don't, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I don't know. It just felt like what? they just were like, oh, let's use these words. <laughs> to find gaps in the transmission? Yeah. It, and then it was just like a, su- a briefcase thing. A briefcase. And I, yeah. And I didn't really get the briefcase <laughs> thing. And then also, what the fuck happened in the shack with the alien? Like, oh, what yeah, even they, was they, that? They don't kill anybody that their heart is not showing signs of aggression. It's like, is that this is thing? just a nerd. Is that I think what the, the kid was? I did yeah. not get that at all. I thought soft and squishy. Don't kill that. Technology thing. Take that out. And then I was like, why are they hurting no. that human without technology then? Aggression. Okay. They, they're getting... They, they sort of in the end just destroyed everything. But I feel like they had a directive, which is to go to Earth and like, don't be too aggressive. So here's a bit of technology where, like, if someone isn't a threat, don't kill them, okay? And that way we can, like, not upset the humans too much. But they didn't realize that America... America! 
so I think that that was it. Yes, we are totally lost the plot at this yeah, point. So know. let's go on to talk okay. about the aliens. I just want to say, oh, do you not have anything else to about... say about him? Sorry, I just, I was just like, I have nothing to say about him except yeah. when he's like, "Who talks like that?" There was one point where he was like, "Who talks like that?" And I was like, "Now you're saying this." I mean, everyone in this movie talks like this. It doesn't work <laughs> to put one character be like, yeah. "I'm going to break the fourth wall for y'all." And point out that nobody talks like this. And I'm like, too late, motherfucker. I mean, I'm enjoying it at this point. So fuck you. Um, Fine. The aliens. Okay. So the aliens have, um, they're obviously some breed of like super people. And um, maybe this is like their extra race of like uh, strong people because they have beards that are like very pointy. They have beads in hair in their beards that are very yeah. pointy, and they're lizard people, turns out. And the other thing about um, so Jesse Plemons is like, I've got a pet lizard. Oh. They are lizards. Their eyes were very similar to my lizard. And the thing about my lizard is that whenever I take him to the beach, my lizard's like, oh, the sun. <laughs> I can't with sun. Um, so they have light sensitivity. Which is odd. Why do you think, like, do you have an opinion on why it might be odd that they're very sensitive to light, to sunlight? Uh, yeah, the fact that they said that they have a climate <laughs> almost exact. This planet has a climate almost exactly like Earth. Um, cool. So why are they sensitive to sunlight then? I Logic? They would have to have developed and evolved not on the surface or in water. Maybe that's why they have water ships. Wet ships, as I like to call it. And it, it only can go 10 meters ahead and splash in the water. And all it does is stay in the water and be like, splash, splash. I think that's the thing. I, weird I, ship. I think my kind of, my my irritation at this kind of inconsistency is the fact that, yeah, you could maybe say that they could have evolved in some way where they're not on the surface, where they're not, where they are sensitive to sunlight, whatever, that's fine. But how the fuck have they developed that level of technology? Exploration capacity, like speed of ships. Yeah. While not being able to be on the surface of their planet. They're kind of shit aliens, yeah. if you ask me. And I liked it because it made the battle somewhat equal. Okay, <laughs> let's let's get into our science section. Starting with the first thing the film starts with is that fucking signal transmission, which I've already given a voice to. But do you want to give a voice to the signal transmission that begins the movie? Right. I want to start a little bit before that. I want to start with the okay. fucking text. The first thing that happens in 2005 scientists discovered a distant planet believed to have a climate nearly identical to earth now a climate nearly identical to earth only tells you that a planet could potentially hold life not that it does hold life where's the signs of technology what about the communications capability where's the sign of intelligent life that makes you think we must quickly build a transmission device to send a signal to this distant fucking planet that you have absolutely no idea if it actually holds intelligent functional industrialized fucking life next line in 2006 NASA built a transmission device five times more powerful than any before and a program to contact began one year 
for it had taken one year to build this. The James Webb telescope took 30 fucking years to develop. So you're telling me that they could build, develop, build and launch a device five times more powerful than any before in one year. It's completely batshit, bonkers, stupid. And then they turn on the transmission and for some reason, radio waves that we've talked about before in contact are suddenly made a visible light and not just any visible light. It looks like it's energised in some way, like a plasma beam. Why the fuck is the signal transmission a plasma beam? For why? What is happening? I don't understand. It's the first three minutes of science and it just fucking pissed me off so much. Why was it like... Why did the transmission of radio look like? Why did it look like that? Why did it look like anything? It was a lightsaber. It was what? Yeah. And then they show it going out, beaming across the fucking vacuum of space. Just like, what is this? It was amazing. That's all you need, the first three minutes to tell you exactly what the science level of this movie is. And I might actually, because you said that, let's just go straight into listing some of the physics-defying things that happened in the movie, which is so crazy. First of all, okay, so that little dinghy goes out. First of all, who just like goes out to touch it? They're like, Navy tactic, (laughs) go out, touch it. But also the little dinghy. These massive alien ships splashing down, creating no waves. But but even when there is waves, the dinghy never gets overturned. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. These massive things come out of the water would have had to displace water. A lot of water would have created some kind of motion that would suck. Like, not nah, the dinghy. Cut to the dinghy. They're like, whoa, what the fuck in the dinghy? That's the, that's the first standout thing. Also, the fact that these massive satellites sort of smashed, smash into the water, create a wave which conveniently stops like at the beach. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't go any further. Like nobody gets splashed by that either. And also the fact that they just like, hurtle down through the earth's atmosphere and just get a little bit on fire like like (laughs) nobody like they just go they go here we go we're gonna come that fast through earth and nothing gets burnt up got any more abby any (laughs) more well that that was my thing it was like how did it come in hit into the air and then it didn't cause like a big tidal wave or something i was just like what is it just bounces good surely it would have (laughs) like crashed right into the bottom of the ocean like to the the you know the seafloor where's the sharknado we all deserved (laughs) also the glass can i just say and now we're just now we're just jumping around so the sonar weapons which we we have oh yeah we saw that in the hulk they use a sonar weapon they were like boom boom and it smashes all the glass and you see Mr. Senior Hopper's face be like, oh, there's glass going past me. None of it touches my beautiful Swedish face. But also, none of it smashes any of the computer screens. Just the window. Nothing else is smashed. Because also, if they have the capacity to use that type of a weapon, why have they never used it the rest of the movie? Yeah, once. Just to be like, (laughs) ba-ba. 
Just, I want a scene where, like, stuff comes through the air and, like, everyone just, like, falls backwards and, like, glass blows up. But, like, you can't fuck anything up on the ship because we're renting it. And we need it for the next bit. (laughs) (laughs) But also the way the aliens just sort of walking around moving boxes, it always felt like they were all moving. Like in that scene where the aliens... On the the mountaintop. (laughs) Yeah. And they're all pushing the boxes. It was just Mars Attacks. <laughs> it was the aliens and oh, Mars yeah. Attacks walking around on the mountain like... <laughs> Do not run. We are your friends. In their armour, their armour, which is clearly not conducive to, like, combat. Um, <laughs> Physics-defying things. But back to the single signal transmission, mm. which they mention so many times, it gets slingshot. <gasps> You can tell me what a slingshot is, and then we can go from there. Or if you want to relax, I can tell you what the dictionary definition of a slingshot is, which is enough. Well, we've talked about a slingshot before in, like, a number of different movies. So please, give me the dictionary definition. Honestly, if you literally just Google what slingshot, it says forcefully accelerate through the effect of gravity. Yes. So gravity acts on something okay with mass causing that thing to forcefully accelerate so the thing is being acted on and this is newton's second law right it's acting on something with a mass so it's a thing now a radio transmission I mean, I know that, like, light bends around massive objects. And Einstein told us that. Like, I get it. It happens. It's a thing. Can you slingshot a radio transmission? I think we're talking in the realm of, like, a supermassive black hole. Not some random deep space antenna that's, like, there for it to bend around. I don't think that that would be enough to bend electromagnetic radiation but that so this is my question and this is where like i it's like okay what are we talking about in the transmission what are we transmitting are we transmitting radio waves in terms of waves on the electromagnetic spectrum and if they're on the electromagnetic spectrum then it's just light yes which means it travels at the speed of, of light it's radio waves so you can't yeah you can't slingshot it you, and increase you can't transfer momentum <laughs> travels at the speed of light yes you don't so you can't slingshot a signal like that i don't i don't know maybe there's a fucking astronomer out there who can come back and go uh yeah. bitches you don't understand the technology pr- but like as far as i'm aware you can't slingshot light is it a preservation of a momentum right that mm. causes the slingshot to happen it's like you're transferring yeah momentum and so you have to have momentum like you can change yeah. speed and it take that energy or while well, you're changing angles or you can use that in order to get some speed or by changing an angle yeah. or something like that. The point is that you can speed something up and slow something down. You can take advantage of the preservation of momentum that occurs. Well, yes, yeah, good point. It's radio signals. It's definitely is radio transmission. Like, let's just assume it's the radio transmission from SETI, which is like the universal, sig- universal signal. 
it can't yeah it's at a constant speed so we can say, yeah, like you can't slingshot. It is crazy. It has to have. It has to be an object with a mass and a velocity, and another object with a mass, and you're transferring, yeah, momentum from one to the other. Um. So what I reckon is that they're just using the wrong term. That's kind. I don't think they yeah. thought about it at all. No, I think they just heard slingshot and they just think it's like cool when they heard it in some other space movie and they were like, oh yeah, you can slingshot around and make something go faster. And they just don't understand that what a radio signal is. It's it's a radio signal. Yeah, so they were like, we have to slingshot it and it goes faster. Yeah. But they don't realize that you have to have some momentum which can be transferred from one object to another object. Uh, so do you know what's funny is that, um, another thing in the movie is Tsunami Boys. And then then when I was like talking about an antenna, just said like, that's a thing which acts as a thing to transmit to a bigger thing. Right. Right. And it's funny because that's what a Tsunami Boy is. Do you say buoy in in England? Yeah. You do? We say boy. No, maybe we say boy. We don't say buoy. I we think say we say boy. boy. You're right. Sorry. No. So let's just talk about the Tsunami Boys because what happens in the movie is that the Japanese who are like, okay, so we spy on you a lot. And the the way that we spy on you a lot is that there are Tsunami Boys around the earth in the water and we track them all Which and that information is freely available and that we use that to figure out if there's any ships or submarines or whatever it is, okay? And so begs the question, and, and that sets up obviously the battleship scene. So they basically have a map of where they are with, with a grid and the tsunami boys are sitting at the grid and they can tell where the ship is traveling by the fact that the tsunami boy is giving off a signal and that is the scene where they play battleship. Right. So, tsunami boys, what are they? <clears throat> tsunami boys are real, and there are lots of them. Wait, and they can do I just share... say, it sounds like you're saying yeah. the name of a band. The tsunami boys. Tsunami boy, Japanese. <laughs> tsunami boys. New band. album out Okay, now. tsunami boys. <laughs> there are many tsunamis sitting around Earth, and their data is shared um, by tsunami warning centers and their data is also just sure it's used to warn but it's also used just to um make more precise the detection uh, system yeah so how it works is that yes there is a buoy but actually the tsunami it's actually sits at the bottom of the ocean so the tsunami buoy sits at the top and it is just a transmitter Hmm? Okay, and it connects all the way down to the actual tsunami which sits at the bottom of the ocean, and it makes a detection when there's an earthquake. There's pressure changes in the water. Pressure changes, alien pressure changes, micro changes to air pressure. Yes. So it works the same way, and it uh, detects pressure changes due to an earthquake. Sends off a signal. It is connected all the way up to the surface buoy on the bottom um 
which transmits a signal to an Iridium satellite, which there are many, the Iridium satellite constellation, there are many of them. And then that gets sent to tsunami warning centers. So that data gets shared. There's tsunami centers sort of around in many countries and that data just constantly gets shared and that's how they sort of make the detection systems more precise. Okay. By figuring out, oh, there's a detection, there's a tsunami, correlate all that data and sort of in, and, and make it um, better and more precise. So could it detect a massive submarine? Uh, yeah, it's not water displacement, though. They, they talk about water displacement. I guess it's water displacement in a way, but it, in a way they talk about the surface buoy being under the water. They're like, it's been pushed under the water or something like that, or it's made higher, and that's how we know something is there. Right. No, it's the surface buoy is actually not at all the detection mechanism as well. That's literally just the transmitter. It just has a transmitter on it. Although surface buoys actually can – can do, I mean, if you're putting a surface buoy there, you may as well attach a whole lot of other shit to it anyway which is what happens. So they have multi-functions, a lot of them actually. So the tsunami is on the bottom and measures something, uh, action that happens at the bottom, i.e. earthquakes, and the transmitter transmits it. But you might have surface buoys, which they chuck a whole lot of other shit on it anyway, so that it can be measuring as much stuff as possible because that information is really useful, like water quality or stuff for fishing or atmospheric stuff. There's uh, surface temperature. There's loads of stuff that can be rigged onto a surface buoy and that data can be shared across the world. Um, So the way that they're describing the surface buoy tsunamometer is entirely not I know this will like shock you and our viewers, but it's entirely like, not at all what a tsunami does. Can't believe it. Absolutely. Ah, uh, <laughs> I saw a video on YouTube. It was like this lady from the University of Maine being like, "Service boys, what are they? Come with me. I'll show you one." It was the tits. She was the best. And then she like went to a surface boat. She was like, "Wow, you're you're." You're a big boy. Oh. Hey, you've been out of <laughs> out of action for a while. <laughs> what no. do you get up to these days? <laughs> Whoa. Uh, she was amazing. Um, anything about you want to say about the, the anything you want to say about the tsunami boy scene? Apart from, I guess, the fact that we're in a bubble, but for some reason they could access all that data. Okay, fine. Yeah, I, Unless yeah. that data was just uploaded, you know, or downloaded um, conveniently. <laughs> But is there? Did you just find a plot hole? (laughs) (laughs) So that's what we need to do. Sometimes some of these movies we need to just count plot holes. Then we can play plot hole bingo at the end. Um, Yeah, no, I I mean, there's nothing else. I thought, like, I do think they could have done a lot more with it. I do think they could have, they could have given us way more of like the battleship strategy, like naval strategy kind of thing, instead of just having one guy call it because also there was no logic to it he watched it and then it jumped and he fired too late they just tried a couple of times and nothing changed on the screen nothing looked different to me as a viewer and when uh, of when they called fire that there was no strategy whatsoever there's some fucking battleship person out there now right who's obsessed with the game who has some hardcore battleship strategy tactics with this old school game is angry as fuck <laughs> abby i can guarantee you there's no one like that there is on the face of there the is 
somebody really? in this battleship world. There's strategy. always somebody like it. <laughs> Did you play Battleship? Yeah. Yeah, I played it a lot. Yeah. Um, there was no tactics in this movie. I agree. <laughs> like none. It was hilarious. I like that your accidental reference to Goldilocks, though. You were like, a little bit too low, a little bit too yeah. high. And then they got it just right. And that was the entire tactics. That was the whole tactics. Which brings us to, I've jumped around so much, it's amazing. But Goldilocks planets. Yes. What is that? That is a thing. This is our last science bit. And we're going to talk about it. And it's actually really interesting because, well, it's more the habitable zone. Yeah. The habitable, the habitable zone is the better way of saying it. Um, and it's around a sun-like star. There's a zone of habitability that we look for planets that are Earth-like, i.e. made of rock as opposed to gas. Um, well, I guess if they're in the zone, they're more likely to be terrestrial planets because they have the conditions that don't make them gaseous and make them rocky. Mm-hmm. Um And so that is sort of the way that we look at planets. And there was a recent study published in the Astronomical Journal. It's a big journal. They published that there are about 300 million potentially habitable planets in our galaxy. Um, And to develop a reasonable estimate, they did the classic thing of looking at exoplanets similar in the size to Earth, so most likely to be rocky. And they looked at the so-called sun-like stars around the same age as our sun and approximately the same temperature as our sun, using a spectrum analyzer probably. Mm-hmm. And another consideration for habitability is whether they could support liquid water, of course, um, which we know um, is necessary for life. And in order to do this, they use the NASA's uh, Kepler Deep Space Telescope to look um, for, for, for planets. So 300 million is what they came up with. But then, so this was like 2019, but then in 2020, there was research in the monthly notices of the Royal Astronomical Society, which is 5.2 impact factor, disagrees with this. They said it's actually much rarer than they thought, um, than all that. So the 300 million, they were like, blah, blah, blah. They focus on actually the conditions that make photosynthesis possible. Um, They were saying photosynthesis is the main ingredient that requires uh, uh, that we require to build life, and um, w- which requires an oxygen-based atmosphere yep. in order to do that. So they focus more on having an oxygen-based atmosphere. Um, now, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, at this point that this is released, the James Webb Deep Space Telescope was launched, um, and actually, this is going to be used to look at the atmosphere of a handful of candidates to see if they have an oxygen-rich atmosphere. So that is going to be one of the uses of the James Webb Deep Space Telescope is to do closer inspection on on a handful of possible candidates to see if their atmosphere is rich with oxygen. What do you think of that? I have uh, so I've got a mild obsession with um, exoplanet detection and I wrote an entire (laughs) podcast series on it and then kind of never really did anything with it on exoplanet detection and on the habitable zone and how planet formation is and everything and it's like yeah and just waiting for the James Webb to go up like I, I 
honestly like i cannot imagine what those the scientists that have been involved in the development of james webb what the nervousness they must have been feeling recently so it was kind of weird like it was just weird in the movie the way they were like oh we found a one habitable zone planet and it's like okay sure there might actually only be one planet that could hold life out there who fucking knows we we don't have the technology yet to know that but like the idea that we would just like find one that has a climate almost like ours and assume life does it have an atmosphere yes it does great does it have oxygen in the atmosphere okay but then there's other things as well that are in our atmosphere i mean obviously we've talked about it with total recall and the fact that like nitrogen is the main component for us and then but like an oxygen rich atmosphere would show maybe the potential for photosynthesis but methane is something that's in our atmosphere that is particularly there as a result of us our existence Mm -hmm. so when you're looking looking for habitable zone planets looking for the potential to hold life is one thing looking for the signs of actual life is then an entirely other thing which none of our technology will be able to do right now as far as i'm aware yeah and like we don't really bother separating those things out to the public and definitely not in movies but it's but it's very complicated astronomy it's very complicated mm. shit yeah. it's like the most intense data science ever it was it was there before data science became a thing astronomers were crunching them numbers it's just mad it's so cool it's so fucking cool i love it it's incredible stuff but- so, all right, fine. I mean, that's the end of the science of this movie. There are, there is good. What I have one question. Oh, go. What do the aliens want? They're curious. <laughs> they didn't come in like they were curious. <laughs> they want to. Well, they they're destroyers of worlds. I think that there was okay. this moment that happened that never was mentioned ever again when he locked brains right the alien which might have been peter bergen costume you know what i mean and um and he saw that they just destroy worlds and i think that they get resources they're like us all right on the on the note of on that note what are the aliens even fucking doing that let's move on to a final section play the music what the what the what the fuck all right abby do you have a what the fuck do i watch no, I've got two. Okay. Uh, I already accidentally mentioned one, which was taking a call during, during PT, so I've got okay. one. So give me <laughs> okay. give me your first one. Right. The ships, like these alien spaceships, right, they've traveled light years at unimaginable speeds. Like they, they're faster than speed of light if they've reached our planet. They entered our atmosphere without burning up, survived an impact with the ocean... But tiny little bullets were able to crack and destroy their windshield and render them useless because of the sun. It's like, what, a sniper rifle came out and just destroyed, yeah, their defense system. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure, 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 fine. It's like War of the Worlds and signs. (laughs) Doesn't make sense. (laughs) Do you want to give me yours or do you want my other one? I'll give you mine. Um, It's dialogue. Okay. It's when the John Paul Jones is destroyed. 
And um, Brooklyn Decker is watching and she's like, that's the John Paul Jones. And the guy goes, relax. I see plenty of life craft in the water. <laughs> life raft. Shocking dialogue that makes absolutely no fucking sense and no one would ever talk like that. <laughs> He's like, I've been in the army. I'm not, a, I'm not worried. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, Jack wasn't in a life raft, was he? So... Okay, what's your next one? <laughs> uh, the, what, did, so the, actually, my next one requires a question to you. Frida, once this movie was over, did you turn it off or did you watch the end credits? I turned it off before it was over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when they started kissing and then the end, I was like, all right, I'm good. I get it. What was the end credits? There's a credit scene. <laughs> nowhere what you get is a couple of school kids in scotland walking around in the highlands in scotland and they find a thing and they go and they get a dude and they get the dude to come and he's trying to beat it and there's this whole sequence of him like almost like a scottish blacksmith or something trying to like metal worker guy trying to open this fucking thing and then eventually like he gets it open and then you see the, the shot from inside the whatever the ship module type thing is looking out. And then you just see an alien hand, which is supposed to be like a jump scare thing of like, Whoo! and I was just like, what was the point of this scene? You're making it up. Obviously. I'm not making <laughs> The Scottish Highlands, two schoolgirls, a blacksmith. I, sure. Likely story. Not, yeah. <laughs> it was so weird. It's just like, why is this happening? I knew it. I knew it. I was like, there's no way in hell Frida is going to have sat through these fucking credits. There's no way. All right. I can't believe that we have talked about this for two hours. I I don't know know how this happened. How did this happen? What the fuck? (laughs) Fuck. We couldn't. Okay. It's okay. Look, um, you can cut a lot of my rambling shit. I will have to deal with it. This is my burden. It's my burden. We can't make Battleship episode one and a half hours. Alien? Yes. Battleship? No. Battleship? We're cutting an hour. Fuck. All right. I already know what the next movie is, but we're not onto that because we're onto Final Verdict. Okay. Did the movie pass? Here comes the science test. Oh, what about the Sam's test? Oh, sorry. That's what I meant. Did the movie pass the Sam's test? Can I? I have. I have some. This is something I just need to say about this. About this, right? Because no, it fucking okay. didn't. One hundred percent didn't. Rihanna was the only woman in the navy. I don't understand why. Brooklyn Decker was just yeah, the hot girlfriend, whatever. But on my TV, right? On no, I think there was, it was there like, was another woman. Who was the other woman? There was another woman. Just trust me. Okay, cool. On my TV. Um, maybe all the aliens were women. There we go. Uh, anyway, sorry. So, (laughs) right. The description that comes up, right. You know, like you get the little tiny couple of lines of synopsis when it, when it's on your screen, right? The lines of synopsis for this movie Mm -hmm. on now TV for me was epic action as Navy scrappers, Taylor Kitsch, Liam Neeson and Alexander Skarsgård take on an alien armada. Also starring Rihanna. And it just really fucking annoyed me because I was like, 
first off Skarsgård was taken out in the first attack Neeson was behind a barrier twiddling his fucking thumbs did fuck all Rihanna was the only one that was actually down and dirty fighting the alien armada so get your fucking descriptor right I motherfuckers know. She had a bang lip. She was bleeding. She was chasing. She was shooting. Also she was great. Rihanna. Fuck you. Fuck you. It did not pass the Sam's no. test. All right. Did it pass the Here Comes the Science? Uh, no. No. Oh, my God. It defied the laws of Like, it literally didn't even, it couldn't even flip the dinghy. It couldn't even flip the dinghy. Didn't even flip the dinghy. You oh, fail. God. All right. Final verdicts. Oh my god, it can't get any stars. You're not going to give it anything. What are you giving oh, it? I'm going to give it one battleship for lols. We are a science <laughs> podcast. I think I have to give it a half a star. So I'm sorry, okay. I'm giving it a half a star. That's I can't. Right. 0.75 on average it gets. <laughs> okay, amazing. All right. I think the next movie is I'm also excited. about things hurtling to, yes, to Earth. And is. tell us. What? I want to do the be. new Netflix movie Don't Look Up. I'm very excited about it. I've already watched it before and that's what made me want to do it. I know Frida, you're very, very like ah, climate change, nah, don't want to do it. But I just I don't want to talk about I just about want you to forget change. about forget about climate change. I just want you to forget about that for the moment. Also it's the entire point of the movie, we can't ignore it. Anyway. Alright, fine. Okay, I think you're gonna be okay. Alright. So that is the next one. That is Don't Look Up. And after this week, next week we have the second in the row of our Shh, It's a Secret uh, miniseries. And we are doing flat, flat, flat people. Flat earthers. Yeah, behind the curve. Flat earthers behind the curve. So honestly, if you thought this was a bit of <laughs> us shitting on a thing, wait for next week because we're going to shit even more on a thing. And we don't have any mercy for them. We've got no mercy. We have like 30 seconds of mercy maybe, I think, maybe maybe. in there. But other than that, whatever. So join us next time. Remember, we still have a competition. Win (laughs) win Jasmine's with Frida if you leave a review. (laughs) See, the Alien episode hasn't been out yet. So I don't know how many people are going to flock to leave reviews. It's probably (laughs) going to be one person. And um, you know who you are. And I... um, (laughs) We'll look forward to picking oh, the names out of a hat. Yeah. Most of them will be blank. I think we should open the competition out to uh, following on Spotify because um, I've checked our stats and hardly any of our listeners actually use Apple Podcasts. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. So follow us. What? So follow us. Follow press, us on press, Spotify. Like, plus, subscribe. to. All right. Tell us what you're. Tell us what you're listening on, and we'll see how you can help support us on that. I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> we don't know. All right. Send us an email. Science at the movies at gmail dot com. We also accept emails into our competition for Japanese with Frida. Yeah. Um, I um, would like to hear from you. Instagram at science at the movies at gmail dot com. That's about it. That was fun. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Seriously, I don't know how it's so loud. What is wrong with us? What is wrong with us?